0: Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, aka Not Another Sales Guy, and in the episode today I'm joined by coach and writer Lisa Jeffs, and we're going to be talking all about motivation. First of all we're going to be discussing why people struggle with the lack of motivation and sometimes the misunderstanding of it, how people can become more effective at self-motivating themselves, and then also Lisa's going to be sharing a bit more about her intrinsic motivators, what have been some of the biggest learning curves for her, and also one story that stuck with her that's really driven her throughout her career. So sit back, grab a pen and pad and enjoy. Lisa, hello. How are you? Great. How are you? Yeah, really well, thanks. Really well. Thank you for joining me for an episode of Not Another Sales Podcast.
1: Yes, I'm really excited to be here.
0: great for the For the listeners, people who aren't aware of, of who you are or haven't followed you so far, would you mind just starting and giving them a bit of a, an overview really of of how you've got to where you are today and a bit of a backstory?
1: Sure, absolutely. So currently. I help people as a coach, I help people really tune into what their purpose is, what their greater, greater passion is. Um, and to take you back to where it all started, I've always been passionate about helping people. Um, I always knew I wanted to help people. I, it wasn't a help, but I always knew that I wanted to um, be somewhat of a guide for people. And I was really, really passionate about helping at-risk youth. Um, this was about five or six years ago. Or even actually, sorry, not even five years ago. This was over 10 years ago. Um, But what happened was I started working with youth in the school system. And I found that, you know, because of the dynamic of the school system and working in, you know, there's a lot of politics within that. I wasn't feeling like I was helping people the way I wanted to. And I remember, you know, going to work one day and I just remember this, like it was yesterday driving to work and really feeling in my soul that there was something more for me that uh, I knew this wasn't my purpose staying within the school board. And at the time I didn't know what I was gonna do. I just knew that there was a different path. Uh, So I started to follow those intuitive nudges uh, which led me to coaching. And I absolutely fell in love with the practice. Uh, And I just decided to, you know, take my practice online and really just help them to tune into what their greater purpose is here on Earth and to start living it.
0: Mm. Nice. Nice. It's great, isn't it, to be able to look back on those kind of not necessarily defining moments, but I suppose points within your life and, and look back now and realize, you know, what they were drawing you towards, as you say.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Just being able to really, you know, think back and and see, you know, what were those intuitive nudges and, and really, you know, when we can follow them um and listen to them and trust them, they can take us on a, a amazing, amazing path.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a quote that um one of my favorites actually that Steve Jobs said around you you can't always connect the dots going forwards, but you can connect them going backwards. In that it not not mm-hmm. always going to make sense at the time, but when you look back and reflect, it all adds up in some form or another.
1: It all adds up, yeah. You can make you can start to make sense of it all, yeah, for definitely. sure, definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. So I suppose that kind of links on to what we what we're going to talk around today, really. And you know, having followed you on Instagram and engaged with you and, and seen what you're talking about, I think a, a big aspect of coaching or, or anything in this day and age is this talk of motivation and you know you see hashtags around it you see people talking about it you know I need to get motivated I need to stay motivated but I think you know having spoken to you before this podcast I think we're both in agreement that there's probably some misunderstanding of motivation and also maybe some myths mm-hmm. around it as well and I think for me personally when people say I struggle with the lack of motivation it's down to them misunderstanding what motivation is but Mm -hmm. From your perspective, when you see people struggling with this lack of motivation or inspiration, what is it do you think that's causing that for them?
1: So motivation is really, it's an interesting thing. I'll have a lot of people that reach out to me and contact me and, you know, tell me or ask me, uh, how do I stay motivated? How do I get motivated? You know, I'm not motivated all the time. I'm not motivated to you know, get up every day and go after my goal and, and do all this stuff to reach my desired outcome. Uh, and I think something is wrong with them, <laughs> because they see people, you know, on social media, on TV or wherever. And, you know, people are always showing these these um, things where they look motivated, and, and they look excited, and, and they're getting up and they're doing stuff. And it's like, go, go, go. And, And that's great. Motivation is great. But motivation alone isn't what is going to sustain you uh, to continue getting up every single day and going after a goal, even when the results aren't there, even when you're not seeing, you know, the fruits of your labor coming to life yet. It's not motivation that's going to keep you uh, going every single day. Uh, we can cultivate motivation, and I'll get into that in a second. But a lot of people misunderstand motivation and think it's, it's like this beaming light that's just like shines down, and, and suddenly we're just pumped up all the time to to go after you know our dreams. And you know, if we don't feel that motivation all the time, if we wake up and, and we feel tired, or we just want to you know stay in bed and marathon Netflix. Uh, that something is wrong with us, and we're not, uh, we don't want it bad enough, or we're not hungry enough, or all the other, you know, nonsense that can go around um, on social media and whatnot motivation, my idea of what motivation is, is just it's it's the kickstart. It's that initial feeling. It's that um, thing that comes in and and lights the spark. It's like the match to our spark. But it's not meant to um, be something that sustains us through everything. Motivation is there to to light that spark, but then we got to bring in other things to sustain the motivation and to to sustain us getting up every day and going after something, even when the results aren't, aren't there yet, they're not showing up yet.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Lisa, you've mentioned a couple of points there that really resonate with me and what I think about when people feel like they're struggling with motivation or perhaps misunderstanding it particularly the aspect you mentioned there around you know feelings of not feeling like i want to get out of bed today or feeling like i want to work out i think the challenge with motivation and sometimes misunderstanding it is that we have to be in a certain frame of mind to feel like doing something and mel robbins and people like tony robbins as well talk a lot about this particularly tony who who mentions you know we've governed too much by our emotions we wake up and it's we don't feel like doing something so we won't and it's not a case of feeling like doing something it's more about looking at your emotions and seeing them as if you're sitting on the side of a motorway cars passing just seeing them and observing them and Realizing they're there, but not letting them dictate what you're going to do rather than what some people do is they imagine that car is right in front of them and therefore it worries them and it dictates how they're going to go about their day. So I think that's the first point that really resonates for me as well with what you've mentioned there. And I think it also, and we can delve a bit more deeper into this, but sometimes not having a clear purpose of why they're doing what they're doing and this heavily focuses on the the essence of motivation in that you mentioned a spark which i agree with it's it's not about that consistent aspect of having it there all the time but it's having that spark but even if if you're finding that difficult it might be that you're not actually clear on the intentions of why you're doing what you're doing for example going to the gym or starting a new diet or starting a new hobby if you're finding it very hard to motivate yourself even in that instance of starting something it might be worth just becoming a bit more clearer on why you're doing what you're doing and what you actually want to get out of it, so on that topic, Lisa, how do you think people can become more effective at self motivating themselves
1: so how you can self motivate um, much more powerfully, much more sustainable is something that I call my three part system, and this method it, it takes away that need to feel motivated all the time. It takes that need away from feeling like, you know, if I'm not super, super pumped and super, super excited every day to wake up and do, you know, what I have to do, uh, it takes away that feeling that something's wrong with me if that's not the case. And And how I self motivate is I always go, first step is to figure out, well, why do I even want to do what I want to do anyways? What is that bigger reason? What is that, you know, deeper core? Why? Uh, That is going to pull me forward when I have those tougher days, when I have those days, like I said, like it's, you know, often when we're working towards something, going for something, um, the results aren't there right away. We don't we don't always see, you know, progress. We don't when we're in the thick of things, um, it can feel like, you know, kind of you can question ourselves like, is this even working? Is what I'm going to is what I'm working for ever going to happen? Uh, but when we can tap into that deeper why, that deeper, deeper reason of why we're even working for, for whatever we're working towards, uh, it can help you know, those mornings when we wake up and you know, we don't want to get to work right away or we don't want to do what we have to do. And I always, when I talk about motivation, I like to use the example of me when I was training and running a marathon. Uh, So because I was definitely not waking up excited for the training and uh, to, you know, to get out there. On early mornings, when it was pouring rain, or when it was snowing, or when you know the track—you know—once I, I remember going out and the track just had a ton of potholes, and uh, you know, getting on that and, and training—it wasn't exactly the most exciting, and I wasn't exactly going onto the track super, super motivated to do it. But what I had done uh, previously to get me into the state was I went through my three-part system. So the first step, again, is what is that deeper core wide? So to use my uh, training for a marathon as example, why was it important for me? Well, it was important to me because I had set a goal for myself. And for me, if if I set a goal, I am going until I can't go anymore. Like there is no giving up. There's no stopping for me. Um, unless it's, you know, unless I decide that, okay, I'm, I'm taking a different road. I I don't even want this goal anymore, but I have, I had set the goal of running this. I wanted to see if I could do it I am not a natural, um, you know, I wasn't born running. Well, I mean, nobody's born (laughs) running, but it wasn't something that came super easy to me. Uh, But as I, you know, set these goals and started just to get out there, it was really something that I felt passionate about uh, accomplishing it wasn't something that, you know, I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I didn't want to become a professional runner or anything like that. It was just a goal I had set for myself. And my deeper core why uh, was uh, this feeling that I had that I just had to accomplish it. I just had to to see what I was made of. I love pushing myself and I love um, setting goals for myself and just going for it. Uh, You know, I don't I mean, there's always uh, a fear of, you know, what if it doesn't happen? What if it, you know, I can't do it. But for me, that fear is, is pretty fleeting in the sense of, you know, I just, I just want to go for it. I just want to go for it and see what happens. For me, I didn't have to be the fastest one. I knew I wasn't going to be, you know, first, first finishing, but that didn't matter to me. My deeper core why was just that I was going to get out there. I was going to do it and I was going to see what I was made out of. That was my deeper core why second step in the process of remaining motivated throughout this, this training, because it was a longer, uh, I can't remember how long I trained for, but it was definitely in the the months, right? It was, it was a training that, that spanned over a few months and you know, the motivation, the initial motivation was me getting really, really excited, signing up, uh, envisioning myself crossing the, the finish line. Uh, but then, you know, that, that initial spark, that initial, you know, lighting of the flame, it started to die down a little bit. So what I did was I, I, this step two in the process was that I created a practice around my training. So I would, at this, at this time when I was training for the marathon, I was working And I would work till about uh, three o'clock. I would get home at about five o'clock and I would, I created a practice around going out and running at about seven or eight in the evening. And I disciplined myself enough to continue that practice. So you can do this with anything you're working towards. Um, Instead of feeling like you need to be motivated and pumped, pumped up all the time. You can create a practice around the tasks, the tasks that, you know, if you continue on these tasks and you continue doing uh, what you, you set out for yourself, that you are going to get to the finish line. And it's about more about disciplining yourself to do these tasks. This is the second step. Disciplining until you reach the third step, which is you've created this habit. So if you can do a practice long enough, if you can discipline yourself enough to get up and do the same thing every day or, you know, multiple times a week, eventually that is going to become a habit. And ultimately, that's what you want to get to. You want to get to the point where whatever you're doing becomes a habit. And you no longer have to wake up feeling super motivated. You no longer have to really discipline yourself. It just becomes a habit. And it's so, so much easier when you get to this this point. And using my running as an example, that's what happened to me. It just became a habit. I would just go out and I would train about four to five times a week. And it wasn't something I had to to think about. It wasn't something that I had to use a lot of mental energy to pump myself up and do. I simply went out and did it because it was a habit. And on those days where, you know, I really didn't feel like it or I felt like I was, you know, pulling back a little bit, I could go into my deeper core why and remind myself, well, why is this so important? Why am I even doing this in the first place? Oh yeah, that's why. Okay, let's go. And it was so, so, so much easier. And you can do this with anything. I do this with my business as well. I do this with writing. I do this with creating content because I know for myself that I'm not gonna wake up pumped every single day. I do wake up excited a a large, you know, out of a week, maybe four or five, six days but not every single day. There are days when I don't feel like it, and I really got to get into that, well, this is a practice. Now I have these habits. Let's just go. Let's just do it. And that is ultimately how you can you can flip yourself into cultivating your motivation instead of expecting it to just kind of be there. You are in the driver's seat of your motivation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's some great some great tips there. Lisa, and for me, I think to add to your points, one of the things that I would say is identifying what your triggers are. So one of my guests I had on my previous podcast, Evan Carmichael, talked about never waking up by accident. And what he meant by that was that we all have something Throughout our day, that makes us happy, that makes us positive, that makes us feel good, that gets us motivated. It could be, as he mentioned, hugging your cat, it could be a particular song, it could be a particular exercise at the start of the day. And what he said, and which I completely love, is just being more intentional when you wake up in the morning. So identifying what your triggers are and building them in purposely to your morning. So if it's a particular song, ensure that you play it every morning. Why can't it replace your alarm clock, for example, or if it's hugging your cat, make sure you do that with that in mind, because those triggers are the things that are going to help with your motivation and getting you in that right kind of frame of mind, even when, as we said earlier on, you don't feel like it as such. I think also for me as well, it's important about surrounding yourself in the right kind of environment to ensure that you are able to self-motivate and feel motivated. you know, you mentioned about running a marathon there and people will probably be able to relate to that. But whatever you're doing, it's important to surround yourself with the right kind of people and environment that's actually going to encourage that. And it's not about necessarily relying on them completely, but it's being within that environment that can create that kind of accountability, which one of my other guests, Lauren Everts, talked about, when you're first starting out doing something, how you can actually become focused more on self-motivation and motivation is having an accountability accountability buddy. So it might be if you're starting to go for, for training for a marathon or going to the gym or doing something, it's going along with someone to hold each other accountable first of all. And that in itself can help with motivation in an indirect way. And then over time, it's building those habits, as you say, that are going to keep you consistent with what you're doing. So for you personally, Lisa, what do you find are your intrinsic motivators?
1: My intrinsic motivator is 100% a purpose driven, um, which I think a lot of coaches are. Uh, they have that inner motivation to really be stepping fully into their purpose. Um, Myers Briggs, I'm the INFJ, um, you know, the idealist. And for me, what keeps me going, is, because part of what I do and what I share and what I help people with, um, what's needed in that area is for me to get really vulnerable sometimes and share things that, um, are kind of uncomfortable, and I don't always. Uh, I'm not always gung ho to be kind of airing out um, stuff that creates a space where I I am vulnerable. I do feel vulnerable. I should put. Um, but what keeps me going, and what's really that bigger motivator, is that this is this is me stepping into my purpose. Like I, I fully know I'm 100% living my life's purpose and doing my life's work with this so whether i'm uncomfortable or not um i i kind of depersonalize my mission and j- just do it like just do it any like there's no other option for me like how i am wired myself and and i'm sure many many coaches um and people in this this type of field can relate to this is like there's just no other option it's like you're, you're step, you're living your purpose, you're stepping into your purpose. And even though it's tough at times, and even though, you know, you know, there are points where you're not motivated to do the work when resistance can come on really, really strong and, or you're not seeing results for what you've already done. And it's like, Should I, is this even what I'm supposed to be doing? Should I just give up? But then when you tune in, it's like, no, this is my life's work for me, myself. And it's like there's just no other option. So that is what keeps me going. One hundred percent. The biggest one. The number one. Number two is I have a daughter who I really want to set an example for. Uh, it's really it, it's it's a really you know deep connection that I have with her, and, and she's been such a such a, a guide for myself. She's been such a a learning experience for me. But I also want to show her, you know, what you can do, you know, you don't have to, you know, for me, a big thing with my mission is helping to break down these old paradigms of, you know, you, you go to work and, you know, you work at the same job for 50 years and then you get a pension and, you know, that's the life. And then you retire and then you get to enjoy your life once you retire. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And part of my mission and part of just what I gets me really fired up up is breaking down those old paradigms like no there's actually other options <laughs> and that is the way the consciousness of the world is headed anyways um and so for me it's like well i can't just tell her this i can't just you know tell her that this, there's all these other options i have to lead by an example so that's another motivator for me is to really be leading by example and not just spouting out you know, a bunch of cool stuff, but actually living it as well.
0: Yeah, of course, you know, having purpose is is a wonderful thing and such an integral thing to create that intrinsic motivator. And as I mentioned before, uh, that previous question around talking about accountability buddies, it sounds like, of course, when you have got a child and you mentioned your daughter there or close family around you, that they are ultimately the biggest accountability buddy you can have because- they're going to be observing everything that you do. And as you say, it's all very well talking about something, but you've got to show them the right kind of actions at the same time. So, you know, there are two key things you've mentioned there, which I think are essential and, and clearly working for you as well. So what what do you think, Lisa, has been your biggest learning curve when creating what you have now or up until this point in your in your life and in your career?
1: One of the biggest learning curves has been... Releasing and surrendering control of parts of my business. Uh, that's been the hardest learning curve is to allow people to step in and help me. <laughs> because as most people know, you it, it's really hard to grow a business and expand when you don't have help, when you don't have support. And one of the issues that I had when I first started welcoming people into my business to help me was micromanaging, micromanaging them. And even though i could see myself um fully micromanaging and and see myself um and see it as not being helpful and very uh, an added amount of stress it did take me a while to finally be able to cut those strings release and surrender control And trust that the people that I had brought into my business knew what they were doing. And more often than not, knew better than I knew. Um, So that was one of the biggest learning curves. And when I was able to finally cut those strings and allow the help and just, you know, just release all that control, uh, things just became so much easier, so much smoother. and I was able to have uh, it. It was like the the weight was lifted up. It, everything became lighter, and I was able to focus in on my zone of genius and work in that area, and allow others to do their job and, and trust that they their integrity level was um, high, and they were there to support me and support what I was doing, and I was able to um, really cultivate that appreciation for them and. Know not uh, have that energy of control and, um, you know, let me make sure these people are doing, you know, what they're supposed to be doing because that is, that's not helpful. That's not healthy for any of any parties involved. Um, But as entrepreneurs, I think it's a common thing to flip into that uh, control energy because what we're doing is so, it's so, there's a lot of attachment, uh, with the work that we do. Um, and and it can be a a form of unnecessary pressure that we add on. Uh, but things just run so much smoother when you can just release that and release the control, release and surrender in all areas of your business. Um, and, and, you know, when you can do that, things are just so much smoother.
0: Yeah, of course, you know, having spoke to a number of people Over the years, who have their own businesses, whether they're just starting out or have created quite a big empire, I think that's one of the things that people find so hard is to let go. Because, of course, when you start your own business, you have that passion, you have that vision for it, and it's almost like it's your baby, and you worry about putting the baby in someone else's hands. But as you mentioned, it's about trusting that the people you're bringing in, you're bringing them in for a reason because they're experts in a particular field. And that's why they're there. And therefore, it's trusting them in their ability and therefore them building trust of you in return. And also, that is another important point as well as to what happens when people avoid this and they avoid um, you know, delegating things out and try and manage everything is they lose sight of their strengths. They lose sight of what actually makes them great at what they do when they're trying to do all this other stuff. So it's about thinking, what am I really good at? Am I really good at, for example, for my business, getting in front of people? Or am I more of the product guy? Am I more of the ideas guy? Like whatever it is, get clear on that and then bring people around you that can bring in other strengths as well to your business and therefore help you grow from that. And, you know, one last question, I suppose, Lisa, for yourself is, is there any particular one story, and I'm always quite fascinated to ask this of my guests, but is there any particular one story that has stuck with you from your your career or your life or anything that's happened up until this point?
1: I have a lot of stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me try to think of one that could be beneficial to um, your listeners. There is one. Okay. I know one that, uh, this story really, really mode motiv- this story, this incident, I should say was a incredible motivator for me when I went to college and then university, um, which was not the easiest time. I was a single mom. My daughter was extremely young at the time. Um, and this this incident it man, it kept me going it kept me pushing forward. Um, was it a healthy way to be motivated? I'm not sure. Does it maybe it doesn't really matter why we're what motivates us if as long as we're you know pushing forward. <laughs> so what the story is um, you know I'll take you back. I'll take you back to about oh maybe about 14 years now. And I remember it, I still remember it very clear. It was a a summer, summery evening. I was outside. I had my daughter in the stroller. And my I was talking with one of my family members. And my daughter was only about about maybe two, two, two or so, two and a half. And my, one of my family members was, you know, kind of getting on me about, you know, what am I going to do with my life? What am I, and I was, what was I, I was about 26 at the time. What am I going to do with my life? Like I have to do something, right? That whole story, like you got to do something with your life. And there was one statement, uh, that just burned inside of me. And he said, you know what, Lisa, you are old and uneducated. What are you going to do with your life? And in that moment, I felt the fire <laughs> in my belly heat, heat myself up. I felt, I you know, I felt it coming on. And I said, I, I need to excuse my, actually, I, I can't even remember fully what I said. I might've said something else, but I, I took a minute. I'm like, I need to, I need to go for a walk. You need to excuse me. And I remember taking that stroller, grabbing that stroller and speed walking with the anger burning inside of me around my block I might have even gone twice I can't even remember and then I came back to that porch um and I laid into my family member you know that whole thing you know I'm not old I'm not uneducated fine I'll show you um and first of all I wasn't I was like 26 like come on uh, but that, that comment, I think about, I don't, it did not take long. I took action right away. That comment set a flame inside of me. That was, I I just could not stop. I was so goal oriented after that. Um, you know, I, I found the school I wanted to go to. I, I knew I wanted to help people. I wanted to help. Teens, uh, I got the program that I wanted to 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 go into, uh, and then I was in it. I was in it. I literally, you know, that was it. But now, in hindsight, and actually, I'm just realizing this right now in this um conversation that. I was really, really motivated, but I didn't really. I did not put a lot of thought into the program that I that I enrolled in in college. And then I, I got, I ended up getting my degree in university. Uh, it was it was quite a a, lo, a large amount of years, and I didn't put a lot of research into it um, because I was just so fired up to prove this person wrong that I wasn't old and I wasn't uneducated. So how did I, how could I prove them wrong? Go get educated, but in hindsight, I didn't really do a lot of research. Um, would I have gone on the same path if I did? I don't know. I mean, it all it all worked out. I, everything is f- fantastic now. Um, but that that story of just being so fired up to prove someone wrong and to prove someone that I, I'm not old, I'm not uneducated, I can do something with my life. That was all I needed to continue. And I was so motivated to prove this person wrong that I wanted to graduate with honors. Uh, So I made sure I, you know, top notch work showed up every day. I remember going to to class. There was a, an insane snowstorm in Toronto. Um, I mean, nobody was on the road. Nobody. I just remember tramping through feet of snow <laughs> to get to class because I didn't want – to lose a mark for being absent and of course when I got there there was like nobody there a couple of my friends were there and I don't even know if they continued on with the class I don't even think they did uh, but it was it was that burning desire that I wanted to prove this person wrong that I was you know educated I, I I was doing something with my life and then when when it all came to to pass um and I you know was there at the the graduation, And I really wanted them there to see me, to see me graduate, to see, you know, to, to shove that, you know, degree in their face. They weren't there. They didn't come. And, you know, I just kind of realized that, you know, it's not that important to prove people wrong, at least for me, right? At at that stage it was, but the stage I'm at now, it's, it's not important anymore, and it doesn't motivate me. Proving someone wrong, it doesn't have that same fire anymore for me that it did then. But it worked for me then, right? And it can work for for other people. If that's a intrinsic motivator for someone, hey, is it is it wrong? If it's motivating the person to do better in their life, probably not. For me now, I'm just at the stage now where um, other people's opinions don't have that same, it's not that same trigger for me. Uh, it's, it's a much more, I'm in a much different place where I'm much more grounded in what I desire, what I want, what matters to me. Um, so someone saying something similar to me now, it probably wouldn't have much of an effect at all. Uh, but that's a story that I really remembered, uh, and it it was a, a huge. It, it created that one one comment. You are old and uneducated, um, <laughs> was all the motivation I needed at that time.
0: Wow. Well, you know that story there, Lisa, is very clearly tied to what we've been talking about today, and you mentioned it a couple of times that it's not always wrong to be motivated by those kind of things of it might be at the time wanting to prove someone wrong um, or someone said something in that comment but it's always making sure that you're not just wanting to prove someone wrong for the sake of it but you're actually wanting the outcome for yourself as well at the same time which you clearly do and did within this story so it's not just a case of if people are saying that to you and thinking I'm going to prove you wrong it's like but do you really want that and it comes back to that why that we talked about earlier on so I think that's an important note to to mention there as well. But, you know, it's been a real pleasure today, Lisa. I really enjoyed speaking to you. I've, you know, I've learned a lot just from listening to what you've been talking about here around, you know, this idea of motivation and how people can start to understand it further. For the listeners that want to keep up to date a bit more with, you know, what's going on in your world, how can they find you?
1: thank you for having me Chris this has been a lot of fun if people want to connect with me I am super super active on my Facebook page uh, regularly doing trainings and just having a conversation with the people in my community uh, the my Facebook address is facebook.com slash Lisa Jeff's coach or on my Instagram which I am also very active on and I love um, when people come and, and say hi and to reach me there it is Lisa underscore Jeffs. I would love to continue the conversation with any of your listeners. So please come on over and say hi.
0: Great. Well, thank you again, Lisa. It's been a real pleasure. And for listeners, thanks for tuning in for another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I look forward to catching you soon. Hey, people. Thanks for listening to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes and posts you can find me on instagram not another sales guy underscore in each of those words you can also find the podcast on all major platforms by typing not another sales podcast and also if you want to connect to me on linkedin i go by the name of chris hatfield so thanks again and stay tuned for another episode